Okay, come, uh, good morning, everyone. We're going we're gonna to get started here again. Just invite everyone to come on back in. Got a little spill control happening. <laughs> That's what you wanted. You wanted me to draw attention to it. There you go. <laughs> We're okay with spills here. We're okay with coffee coming into the sanctuary. We don't mind that at all. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Brett. I want to welcome you here today. I want to have a, give a special welcome to everyone watching online today. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. So great to see uh, Eileen Goslin back to church. That infectious laugh that she's got. And uh, I, I especially appreciate Eileen because she says amen a lot when I preach. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just want to thank everyone also just for, for reaching out and uh, give, me a, give me a text and a call and uh, let me know you're praying for me, thinking about me. I just hurt myself a little bit a couple weeks ago, but I'm feeling a lot better today and uh, was able to watch uh, the service live last week and I just thought, uh, I was just very impressed and just very proud of our church body and um, thought the worship team was incredible and that all that all male worship team last week that was that was great and uh, and I thought uh, brother Andrew did such a great job bringing the word last week and so that was that was really nice it felt like I could I could be away and and uh, you guys, you guys took care of business, so that's good. Well, we, uh, we're just currently in a, a series here called Let's Talk About It, okay? And so the idea of this series is we want to open dialogue, okay? We want to have conversations about issues that the church is generally uncomfortable talking about, Okay? Or, or maybe there's some confusion or discord or division in the church around some of these issues. And so we know that these topics are, are easy to ignore. They're easy to, to sweep under the rug. Um, but I truly don't believe we can do that. I don't believe that we can fulfill our call as the church and make disciples and build God's kingdom unless we're willing to have some of these conversations and come to the truth of the word and the heart of the Father around some of these issues. Amen? And so even though this is difficult uh, series, and I'd say it's a bit of a heavy series at times, and, and today is going to be no exception, and I think this one might be one of the more difficult ones for us to, to swallow, to be honest with you. Um, but how many of you know that it's worth it when eternity is at stake? Amen? Amen? 
And so, um, and so we're going we're gonna to go for it here. So, so far we've talked about creationism. We've talked about gender and sexuality. We did a couple uh, messages on divorce and remarriage. Okay, and so today we're going to talk about racism. Racism. Okay. And we need to understand right off the hop, there, there's a whole terminology, there's a whole new terminology, there's a whole new language in our culture today within this topic of racism that we really need to know and understand and be able to define some terms to really understand what we're talking about here. And so we're going to start today, we're going to define some terms, we're going to define racism. Okay, racism is, is, might be different than what than what you think it might be. Okay, we're not quite, we're not quite there yet. Okay. Um, we're going to define white privilege. How many of you heard of white privilege before? Right? We're going to define critical race theory today. How does that sound? Have you heard of critical race theory? Okay. And what about white fragility? Anyone hear of white fragility? Okay. And so um, through that, um, we're also going to talk, obviously, about God's view of race in the Bible. But then what I want to do is I want to talk about our response to, to this issue of racism as Christians, as, as Christ followers. Okay? And I really want to challenge each of us today to hear the voice of the Lord. Okay? I might say some things today that you might not agree with, okay? But this is not about agreeing with me. This is about bringing our heart into alignment with his heart, okay? And so I really want to challenge you to, to hear the voice of the Lord today, okay? And so, and so like I said, you might not agree. I'm, I'm going to share some opinions today. I'm going to communicate when I'm, when I'm sharing opinion. Okay? Uh, but this is about hearing the voice of the Lord today. And, and, I, and being open. Being open. And understanding that we might have some things in our hearts that need some dealing with. Has anyone been there before? Okay. I'm, I hope all of us, okay? All right, are we ready? Okay, let's pray. <clears throat> God, I just thank you for uh, today. I thank you for, I thank you for being here, Lord. I thank you for your presence. And God, now I just pray that, that we're gonna really hear you today, God, that it's, it's gonna be more than just hearing a, the preached word, but, but we're going to hear that rhema word. We're going to hear that specific word that the Holy Spirit has for each one of us today, no matter where we're at in our relationship with you. And God, I pray that we're going to be open and receptive to the voice of the Holy Spirit today in Jesus' name. And that we're not just going to be hearers of your word, but we're going to be doers of your word. And we're going to respond. We're going to respond today. We're going to respond today, Lord. So that we can be the church that you are calling us to be. 
for right now in 2023. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so first I want to start with defining this term racism, okay? And I want to share three definitions or three defining attitudes of racism, okay? Number one, and this is the one that we probably commonly most think of with racism, hating a person because of race or color, okay? And so the Bible is very clear that you, if you have hatred toward another person, the Bible is very clear, you do not love God, okay? 1 John 4, 19, 21 says, so you see, our love for him comes as a result of his loving us first. If anyone says, I love God, but keeps on hating his brother, he is a liar. For he doesn't love his brother who is right there in front of him. How can he love God who he has never seen? And God himself has said that one must love not only God, but his brother too. So let's be really clear. Hating someone is anti-Christ. Is that true? And this scripture says that if you do hate someone or you do hate a, a people group or a color group, but you claim to love God or be a Christian, then you're not just a racist, you're also a liar. Okay? You don't love God. But God still loves you. What a God we serve. And if that's you today, you can still know God through his son, Jesus. But this is typically, this first definition, this is typically the definition that we use to judge ourselves of whether we're racist or not, right? We just say, well, I don't hate anybody, right? So I'm not a racist, okay? But there's other definitions. There's other defining attitudes. The second one is believing a race is superior or inferior to others. So racism is making an idol of your skin color, Okay, and so we need to ask ourselves that question. Is there a part of you that believes your ethnic group, your color group, is better than others? Okay, or do you think there are other, there, there are some ethnic or color groups that are worse than others? Okay, and number three is racial prejudice. Okay, and this is where I would say uh, most most people land when it comes to racism, at least in North America. This is, I think, where we kind of fall short with this issue. So, so just understand the word prejudice first. Prejudice is making a judgment about someone without the facts, right? And if you break down that word prejudice, it's pre-judicial or pre-judgment, okay? So it's a preconceived opinion, favorable or unfavorable, so racial prejudice is making a judgment about someone or a people group without the facts based solely on the color of their skin. Okay, I'm going to give you an example from my own life here, okay? How many of you remember uh, George Floyd? Okay, so George Floyd, about three years ago uh, in June, he, uh, George Floyd, a black man, was killed by Derek Chauvin, a white police officer, and some of you, I'm sure, remember the, the riots and the protests that sparked all throughout the United States and, and even the world, okay? Um, I remember, for me personally, when I first saw and heard what had happened, 
but without knowing all the facts, okay, my first thought was, well, what was he doing to be arrested in the first place? That was my first thought, okay? So really I was thinking he probably deserved to be treated that way. He probably deserved, uh, he probably brought this on himself. He's probably being belligerent to the police. I didn't know the facts, but my first reaction was a judgmental attitude. That's prejudice. That's prejudice, okay? And now I don't know if it was racial prejudice in that circumstance. It might have been. I can't honestly say I would have, I would have reacted the same way or, or questioned the same way if it was a, a white person in that situation, Okay? Or it could have been a prejudice against poor people because in my limited knowledge of what had happened, I assumed that he was, he was poor. So maybe it was a prejudice of poor people. Um, but whatever that prejudice was, it was wrong. Okay, and in events like, like, all, in events like that, all those prejudices start to come to the surface. Out of the heart, the mouth what? speaks out of the heart the mouth speaks right that's that came to the surface right and that came out of my mouth okay and so those prejudices in our heart those preconceived thoughts and feelings those ignorant insensitive opinions and attitudes they start to come out in those racially charged situations and so we and so when that happens we need to ask ourselves why why do i have this attitude Right? What, why am I not responding with compassion in this situation? Right? Does this have something to do with the color of someone's skin? And we can ask the Holy Spirit to show us. And if there are some prejudice, we repent and we ask the Holy Spirit for that refiner's fire. How many of you are so thankful for the refiner's fire? Hallelujah, right? The fire that brings to the surface all of the impurities of the heart, that, that fire that, that burns away the chaff, right? And so that's what I had to do. I had to repent, and I had to ask for that refiner's fire, and that's not the first time I've had to do that with, with prejudice, Okay? The second term I want us to understand is that term white privilege, white privilege. So how many of you, again, raise your hand, you've heard of that term white privilege? Okay, and I bet you all got some thoughts about that, okay? Um, here, here's a definition of white privilege. It's advantages and benefits people have simply because they're white, Okay. And so, so many people, and, and many white people, many people in general, don't believe that, that this exists. And one of the reasons is because it's difficult to see something when, when you're in it. Um, I, I, was, I, I heard that old adage again this week. There's, there's these two young fish that were swimming along in the water, and, and an elder fish approached them and said, Hey, how's the water today, boys? And they looked at each other confused and said, what's water? <laughs> it's kind of like, like oxygen and, and breathing. Like we don't really think about oxygen and breathing unless all of a sudden we're struggling to breathe. 
Does that make sense? Like I can go days and weeks, right, without thinking consciously about my breathing until I'm drinking something, and then you try and breathe and drink at the same time, and what happens? It goes down the wrong tube, we say, right? Now we're coughing and we're, <laughs> we're trying to breathe, right? And now I'm aware of oxygen. Now I'm aware of breathing, right? But if we've never had any education on oxygen and we've never struggled to breathe, I think we'd just, we, we'd be just like those fish, right? We'd be living completely unaware of it, okay? But someone who faces injustice in life because of skin color is very aware of it. I talked with some of my friends this week uh, that are of, of a different color group. And, uh, and honestly, I was shocked about their experiences in life because it just is not in my world. It just doesn't exist in my world. Um, you know, I've never had people look at me um, unwelcomingly or suspiciously whenever I've taken my, my, my son into the you know, the, the locker room of a sport that we're playing. I've, I've never been asked if I have a father or if I've ever been shot because of the color of my skin. Um, I, I took my family to Disneyland. I, I never got randomly pull a, pulled aside three days in a row by security. That never happened to me. I didn't understand that. Right? I, I've never had someone see me and then walk in the other direction in fear. You know, even though I have tremendous muscles and my physique is, is incredible. It's, I don't know why this hasn't happened. Maybe sometimes people laugh. I've never, I've never someone feared me just seeing me. Um, you know, I, I've, I've never been worried about the position of my hands in my pockets when I go into a convenience store. I've never thought about that even once. Um, I've never been pulled over by the police without cause. I've never been pulled over by the police and asked the question, hey, how can you afford this vehicle? Right? And, and, and I've never been pulled over because my name doesn't match the stereotypical names of a color group, <clears throat> of my color group, because they're suspicious that I stole the vehicle that I'm driving. That, those things have never happened to me. Those, that doesn't exist in my world. Right? And, and, and when those things don't exist in your world, then we start to question wait, what's, what's water? What's white privilege? Right? What's oxygen? <laughs> and so personally, and, and this is where I'm talking about my opinion. Personally, in my opinion, I believe white privilege is real. I believe it is supported with the lived experience of people of color, but also data. Statistics, I believe, support that white privilege is real, that the life expectancy of different races, right? The statistics of, of the likelihood of being incarcerated of different races, the percentage of races, different races that go to college and that don't, the, the, you know, the, the wages and the salaries of different races, like all of those things, okay? I think if we, if we see the data, I think that plus lived experience, 
of many people, I, I think, points that, that white privilege is real. That's, that's my opinion. Okay, but here's something that, that, that's very important for us, is, is that it's not something that a white person should ever feel shamed or offended by. Okay? White privilege is not a condemnation of who you are. That's not what that is. Okay? It, it doesn't make you a racist because you're white. It's just seen and experienced in the world through different lenses. Is that reasonable? Okay? It, it, white privilege also, it doesn't discredit your efforts in life. Okay, it doesn't minimize your struggles in life. It doesn't mean you didn't have to earn and work your butt off to get what you have. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean that you haven't faced and had to overcome, overcome barriers in your life. It just means that the color of your skin is not one of those barriers. That's all it means. So we should not be offended by that term. We should not... We should not be all up in arms, right? That's not a threatening term to white people, okay? How are we doing? <laughs> okay, the third term I want us to understand is critical race theory. Critical race theory, okay? And, and so critical race theory, it's under the umbrella of critical theory, Critical theory, it came out in both the 1930s. It's, it's founded on the Karl Marx ideology, okay, that there are oppressors and, and there are the oppressed, okay? It's about how power operates in society to produce systems of inequality and, and oppression, okay? So in critical theory, there's always a top and there's always a bottom, okay? So for example, example with gender, okay, the men would be on the top, the women would be on the bottom. The men would be the oppressors. The women would be the oppressed. Okay, this is the critical theory. Sexual orientation, okay, the, the heterosexual uh, view, traditional view of sexuality, those are, the, those are the oppressors. They're on top. The LGBT, they'd be on the bottom. Okay, this is critical theory. I'm just explaining what it is. Okay, or, or able-bodied on the top, disabled on the bottom. The rich on the top and the poor on the bottom. That's where it originally started with Karl Marx, right? He founded communism, okay? Religion is another area where religion has, has, has been an oppressor, okay? And more and more in our society, in our, our culture today, Christians are being seen as the oppressors because Christianity doesn't get on board with the worldviews of a fallen world, Right? And so we become the oppressors in a lot of circumstances. And, and the way, of course, it is with race um, is that whites are on the top and people of different skin color would be on the bottom. And so critical theory uh, would want to see the oppressed overthrow the oppressors, right? And so critical race theory, which you have a definition of there, that would say that the reason for our white privilege is systemic racism in our society, Critical race theory says that there are structures in place that were created for the white race to maintain dominance and control in our society and produce systems of inequality and oppression. Okay? Now, again, this is my opinion, okay? And I haven't fully explained critical race theory. Okay? But my opinion, judging, just judging by our history of racism, I would think that 
that that definition is, is not just believable, but it's probably likely. Okay, it's, it's likely. Okay, and I'm not, going to, I'm not going to identify what those structures are, but absolutely, we need to take down any structure that is creating injustice for any ethnic group. Okay, absolutely, 100%, I can get on board with that. I 100% agree with that. We should not have injustice for ethnic groups uh, because of, you know, systems and structures that have been created a long time ago, right, that potentially were for uh, the white race to have dominance and control in society. Okay, so I, I think that's believable. I think that's likely. Okay, I also believe that critical race theory is, is good for teaching history, okay, and reminding us of what has happened in the past so that our children don't learn, uh, can learn and not make the same mistakes. So I think critical race theory has those two, two, two positive things with it, okay, but here's where critical race theory for me goes off the rails, okay? So critical race theory challenges the idea that you can't separate racism from other forms of oppression. So that means it says that critical race theory, theory says that you have to be feminist. You have to be pro-LGBT. You have to be against Christianity if a Christianity is the oppressor, right? To be anti-racist. Okay, that's a problem for me. So it says you can't separate racism from all the other forms of, ra- of oppression. Okay, so for me, that's another way to endorse the worldviews of a fallen world, and in my opinion, some of that 100% is the agenda of our enemy, okay? So that's number one, an issue with critical race theory. Here's number two, here's my another problem with it. Okay, critical race theory believes that every white person is a racist. Okay, that's not, a, that's not an extreme, I'm not making an exaggeration, that is exactly what critical race theory believes and theorists believe that we're all socialized into racism. So critical race theory advocates that whiteness is a wicked ideology and is in every white person of authority and therefore those voices can't be trusted when they're all inherently racist and always will be. Right? So, so a critical race theorists would not put their trust into white politicians, teachers, you know, just, just people of authority uh, that are white. But... But you don't have to be, um, you don't have to have the skin color white to fall under that ideology of whiteness, okay? You can also be uh, a, a First Nations Christian. You can also be a black, um, you know, traditional, you know, biblical traditionalist, okay? You would also fall under that category of whiteness, that ideology of, of wicked, that wicked ideology, Okay, so, so critical race theory demonizes an entire color group. The leading voice for critical race theory is Robin D'Angelo. Her, her book was number one bestseller for, for a long time. And she calls this, this concept white fragility. Okay, this concept I'm talking about. That all white people are racist, that they're socialized into racism. And, and, and so what she says, and, and this is the leading voice of critical race theory, okay, And so she says that if you disagree with that idea or if you're offended by that 
or simply declare as a white person that you are not a racist, then she would say that's a sign that you are racist. So when you disagree, you actually confirm your racism. So your options are admit you're a racist or disagree and prove that, you, and prove that you're a racist. Okay, so obviously that's a problem, right? That completely shuts down all conversation or any conversation, right? It's just agree with this, and if you don't, then you're just proving that I'm right. It's kind of like when someone says, um, well, God just told me, right? And that just, that's supposed to shut down all conversation. Well, God just told me so, right? Whether you're right or wrong, whether it's ridiculous or not, right? We just say, well, God just told me. So that's the final, that's it. Right? And, that, and that, just, that just, you know, shuts down conversation. Every other opinion now doesn't matter. Um, and so that's, that's not healthy. Okay? Uh, critical race theory also believes that, and this is a direct quote from D'Angelo from her book, racism cannot be absent from interracial friendship. Racism cannot be absent from interracial friendship. So the, the, the critical race theorists believe that in every interracial friendship, the white person will eventually try to gain power and dominance over the person of color. Every single time. Okay? Hey, if that's true, that's the end of the church. That's the end of the church because we can't, we can't be the body of Christ that, that Jesus calls us to be. We can't fulfill the Great Commission if one color group will eventually make it all about submission to them instead of Christ, right? We can't make disciples of all nations, right, if that's true, okay? And so that's a problem, and that is not who we are in Christ, okay? In Galatians 3.28, God says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For, all, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So God has brought together in Christ every ethnicity, every culture, every language, and created a new culture of submission in Christ. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, but we are all one in Christ. Acts 17, 26 says, from one man he made all the nations. From one man God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did not make races plural. We did that. God makes diversity within the human race, right? He makes different colors. We're all on a spectrum of color. We have different pigmentation in our skin. But make no mistake, we're all from one race, which is the human race. God is not a respecter of skin color. Romans 2.11 says, For God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism with him, One person is not more important than another. He doesn't lift up one skin color over another, another, and neither should we. And if we are truly in Christ, then we won't. 
How many of you, how many of you ever heard John 3.16 before? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus died for everyone of every color, every ethnic background. He's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith that if you should believe in him. Romans 10, 12, and 13 says, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all. And richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. There's no difference between colors. Jesus died for all. Jesus is Lord of all. There's not one above another. God recognizes the value of all humanity. And doesn't blame racism on one race or another. But acknowledges the real problem which is sin. That's the problem. That's the problem. Right? Okay, and so, and so this needs to be our response. We need to acknowledge, okay, we need to acknowledge that we are sinners saved by grace. We need to acknowledge the condition, number one, the condition of the human heart. Okay, James 2.8 says, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture... Love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, partiality, prejudice, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. So please understand racism is not a skin issue, racism is a sin issue. Okay, this needs to start with recognition that we are sinners, that 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 we are that we have blind spots, that we're imperfect, that yes, we're saved, but we're still being saved. That yes, we're made perfect in Jesus, but we're, we're still being made perfect. Yes? Amen. Right? We're the righteousness of God. 100% you are in Christ. But we're still being made righteous. We're still, God's still trying to transform us into the image of Christ. Right? And there's only, there's only a few of us, you know, that have arrived. And the rest of you have a ways to go. But, but no, none of us, none of us have got there yet. Right? <laughs> okay, and, and so, so it's very possible. We need to recognize that it's very possible that we might have some racist and prejudiced attitudes. This is where it has to start. It has to start with that, that this is a sin issue. And, and yes, we're the righteousness of God, and, and yes, sin is defeated and by the cross and the blood and, and the resurrection of the Lord, but, but sin is still present in this world, and our fallen nature can still choose sin. And so we need to recognize that it is possible that we can have these attitudes, right? We need to come to the table as, as, as sinners rescued in Christ. That's number one. Number two is, is we need to show empathy. We need to show empathy. Mian, could you come, come up here for a minute? 
Yes, I am inviting you up here because you're black. That's correct. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? You want to show my hand? Thanks, man. Okay. So, okay. So, okay, I just want to have my notes ready here. Okay, just give me some space. Give me some space, man. Okay, I just want to make sure I say this right. Okay, so Mian, <clears throat> what, words, what words do you see on this bottle? Natural spring water. Natural spring water. What else? Kirkland Signature. Kirkland Signature. Okay, so I, on, what, what I'm seeing on this bottle, I can't see. What I'm reading, I can't see that. I see nutrition facts, right? I see um, calories and lipids and carbohydrates. They're all, they're all zero. <laughs> and... Um, and, and so, so even though we're looking at the same bottle, yeah. right, I, I can't see what you're reading um, and because we're looking at it from different perspectives. Is that right? Sure. So in order for me to be able to see what you see, okay, I got to make an effort to come onto this side of the bottle. See that? Yeah. It's all right. We're tight. <laughs> He's like, Yeah. <laughs> I got to come to this side of the bottle, right? And now, now I can see this from your perspective, right? I can see what you see now, right? And, and until I, as a white person, is going to make an effort to, to walk around the issue of racism, to see another perspective, okay, from, from, from another color group, I'm going to continue to be ignorant of what's on this side of the bottle, right? I'm going to continue to have ignorant thoughts and be in, have insensitive attitudes, about racism and other racial issues until I, I make that effort to get around to that side of the bottle. Does that make sense? Right? So we need to show empathy. We need to make an effort to understand. Amen? All right, let's give me in. Let's give me in a hand. <laughs> Mian's got the best smile in our church. <clears throat> um, and so we need dialogue. We need to have conversations. Like I said at the beginning, it's so easy to sweep these things under the rug and just go about our life, right? But we need to address them. We need, it's not about agreeing with everyone. That's not what it's about. But it's about listening. Listening helps us understand and come to truth, right? <clears throat> and, and how we can be better. So there's nothing wrong with listening. There's nothing wrong with listening to the LGBT community, there's nothing wrong with listening to that LGBT person that, and understand why they feel judged and hurt by Christians. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Okay, I know, I know a Christian teacher that she's on the, she's on the, the committee for Regina Public School uh, about how to deal with LGBT in the schools because she wants to be in a position where she can listen and be a part of a conversation. I have so much respect for her. Okay? There's nothing wrong with listening to progressive Christians, to woke Christians, right? And understanding why did they leave the church? What happened in the church that made them hurt and leave? I think we might be able to learn something, right? It's okay to listen to residential school survivors and understand their perspective and how they've been impacted. To hear the criticisms, 
but, but, but to filter everything through a Christian lens. Filter everything through the Word and the Holy Spirit. Right? Listen and filter it through the Word. Listen and filter it through what the Holy Spirit is talking to you about. Okay? So acknowledge that, that, it's, that racism is a sin issue. Acknowledge the condition of our heart. Number two is show empathy. Number three is show sympathy. Show sympathy. Let's stay on the residential schools. Okay, children were forcibly removed from their homes and subjected to harsh discipline, malnutrition, starvation, physical, emotional, and sexual abuse, neglect, and the suppression of their culture. And there's an estimated 6,000 children that have died because of that. What would our response be if that happened to our children today? What would our response be if that happened to our children today? Outrage, horror, anger, hurt, feelings of injustice. Yes? And yet when First Nations people express that, some people respond with apathy, Deflecting blame, judgment, speculation, and even accusation. Well, it wasn't us. It was the Catholic Church. In other words, it's not, our, it's not my problem. Right? Are you a part of the human race? Then it's your problem. Right? I didn't do anything to them. Some of those kids were probably saved by going to residential schools. The First Nations parents were better this wouldn't have happened in the first place. I, I wouldn't doubt that some of you heard those words. That's a problem. That's a garbage heart attitude. Our only response to that issue should be compassion. It should be wanting to heal and help those that are real people that have been hurt and impacted by that. People that Jesus died for, people that Jesus loved, people that Jesus wept over. Right? It's okay to validate someone's feelings and experience. And can I just say it's okay to say sorry? It's okay to say I'm sorry just on behalf of the human race. I'm sorry that this happened to you. And number four, Jesus is still the answer. Our hope for ending racism is never going to happen on our own efforts. It's not in societal and cultural programs and books and people or theories like critical race theory. Our hope for ending racism is not in our ability to dismantle systemic systems or overthrow the oppressor. You know what happens when you overthrow the oppressor? There's going to be a new oppressor. How many of you have seen the Hunger Games? Some of you? Isn't that what happened? Right? There was the, the rich, the oppressor, represented by President Snow. Right? The oppressed was the poor. The oppressed rebelled against the oppressor. They took out the oppressor. And now the leader of the oppressed was now going to be the new oppressor. And what did Katniss do? She took her out. 
to the delight of President Snow. It was my favorite scene in the whole thing. It was. It was hilarious to me. Okay? But the only hope we have in ending racism is Jesus. That's the only hope. Jesus is the answer. John 13, 34 says, A new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. God's love has the power, the ability to change hearts and change the world. We know that because his love changed us. Amen? You were one wicked person until God got a hold of you. Right? And now look at you. We need to share Jesus. We need to be Jesus. Jesus is still the answer. Amen? Hallelujah. How's that sound? Are you mad at me? Are we okay? (laughs) Some of you are like, well, we'll see. I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. See what we come to. Uh, so we invite our worship team up. Um, we, uh, <clears throat> we always want to end our service with, with a song, with worship, um, because number one, he is worthy. And number two is we want to give you an opportunity to, to respond to, to the word, to that rhema word that we were talking about at the beginning, right? To respond to that, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? You know, what, what has God been speaking to you through this message? Is there some things maybe in our heart. Maybe there's some impurities we've got to deal with this morning, okay? And so uh, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to invite our prayer team forward as well. And uh, of course, when you come for prayer, um, you know, no one is, no one's judging you, um, but this is a culture where we love each other, support each other, build each other up with prayer. Every one of us in this room has issues. Is that true? Okay, and if, if you say you don't, then that's your issue, Okay. But So I'm going to invite our prayer team forward as well. And uh, if you'd like prayer this morning, um, then please, please come for prayer. And, uh, and let's just spend some time. It's just you and the Lord. Okay, just you and the Lord. And let's respond. So you can stand, you can, you can sit, you can come to the front, you can lay down in the aisle, whatever you want to do. But it's just between you and the Lord. Let's respond to the Holy Spirit this morning.